Welcome to the Anthropology and Business Podcast, where you'll learn about the many ways anthropology is applied in business and why business anthropology is one of the most effective lenses for making sense of organizations and consumers. Through conversations with leading anthropologists working in advertising, marketing, consumer behavior, organizational culture, user experience, and many other roles, you'll learn firsthand what it means to do business anthropology and how the work differs from academic anthropology. We'll discuss issues like the pace and depth of research in business, our visibility and influence as practitioners, and what we can do to build our brand. We will also focus on the value and impact of our research in business so that we can help business leaders understand why they should be hiring anthropologists. I'm your host, Matt Arts, a business anthropologist specializing in design anthropology and working at the intersection of product management, user experience, and business strategy. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anthropology and Business Podcast. I'm Matt Arts. I'm here today with Carmen Bueno Castellanos of the Universidad Iberoamericana. Carmen focuses on innovation and anthropology of organizations. She was also the recent lead for hosting the fourth Global Business Anthropology Summit uh, in Mexico City on June 1st and June 2nd, which just passed. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. The theme was Making Conscious Futures. So we're going to get into that as well. And we're going to talk a little bit about what business anthropology means in Mexico. So Carmen, thanks for joining me. Would you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and how you got interested in anthropology? Uh, I'm very happy that you invited me here. So, well, I have a long history because I started on anthropology in the late 70s. And uh, this history has to, to do with the Mexican context. In, in anthropology, the Mexican context um, in those days was very Marxist approach. So this grand theory about capitalism was very important in the context. And many people have this Marxist theory as a doctrine. So it, it didn't allow to really do a good anthropology. So in uh, Universidad Iberoamericana, I studied my undergraduate degree there. And the dean of the department was very academic. He was uh, a refugee from the Spanish War, Civil War. So he said that we should do what's going on in industry, but in a different way. That we were not really what inspired Marx and Engels in Manchester to their theory of working class, but that we were different. And that was a very important issue because since the very beginning, I had been trained to, to see what the Mexican context has to do with, with that. So that was the start. But the breaking point where I was introduced to business anthropology was at the International Congress on Social Anthropology that, that also was held, held in Mexico City in the 90s. And then I met a very important uh, anthropologist in culture and organizations as Tomoko Hamada, uh, Marieta Baba, and Jordan, Elizabeth Briody, they all came to that Congress. And there was the moment when I saw uh, the importance of analyzing 
understanding what business in Mexico, special international business, were doing. And it was also the 90s, a very important moment because it was the moment that Mexico entered to globalization. We, we signed many agreements. In fact, we are the country that has more international agreements signed. But uh, one of the most important one, or at least the, the most, the one that really directs the, the international global process in industry is the NAFTA, NAFTA agreement with Canada and the United States. So in that moment, changed my, my, my track to that. And I had also relation, relation with Japan. And it was the, the, the moment that the Toyotism was so important and the total quality control that changed many things and make industry, the, the value chains very flexible. So I, I could do a, in some way, a comparative research between Japan uh, and Mexico and see how that transplant to Mexico was going on. It was very different from what they believe was the, the, the participation of Japanese industries in the auto industry in, in the United States. That also made the, the, the three big uh, American uh, auto industries think differently, have, have to react to these changes, to the, to, the, to the flexible way to do things. So in that moment, I started looking at a very important issue that was what is innovation and technology going to impact in the Mexican context? Thinking that technology and uh, that technology is only an enabler an enabler of change, but that it has a lot of knowledge encrypted in machinery, in robotics, and of course today in all the virtuality of our life. So is it standardizing practices or do, do we have as humans, as, as Mexicans, a position in the, in the innovation practices? And uh, luckily what I saw in, in those 90s was that we were only a huge maquiladora, that we really didn't have any opportunities to make any changes and participate in innovation. That all these industrial parks that were all around in five, 10 years, Mexico had beautiful industrial parks, but they were only like displays, like shop windows of, of innovation, okay? The, the, we were a huge maquilladora that we were assembling very well at the cheap price and very, very, you know, that there were no syndicates nor unions that made strong demands. So it was uh, very good for some regions to develop, but we really were not strategic in the innovation part of these value chains. So that, again, uh, uh, we have to go with the, with the changes. And in the 21st century, it started to happen a new approach to innovation. Mm -hmm. So entrepreneurship was very important because something happened in uh, the 
digitalization of innovation that give access to many entrepreneurs to do things, to react and try to do a change, first very locally, whatever inspired their, lo their, their local situation was what they demanded and they, they proposed changes. So yes, it has been, I can say, a, a very important change because creativity for the Mexicans uh, started to have a, a position in these communities of practice that they are virtual, that do not rely in the obstacles that the context can give, and that um, they can communicate, interact, co-create things, produce and share knowledge. And that has been very, very important as a change. Although I can say that, that our digital knowledge even in, in these new generations, it's, uh, it's not, let's say, the frontier of, of knowledge because digitalization is, is bringing very rapid changes. So important that we know that there is a lot of technological con convergence, that Internet of Things, artificial intelligence, robotics, everything that converge and, and, and mix up have done lots of changes in many socio-technical systems and that there is a possibility for that access that we didn't have before. So just to finish with this, I think that COVID was very important to make, to, to, to change our agenda, to think differently. We really think we are in a very important strategic uh, situation to do lots of changes. And I believe, and I am on an, on an approach that is called transformative innovation, because uh, I believe that many ex experiments that come from not, not the, the stakeholders that have a privileged position, but on all these experimental um, activities that are going on, are pushing to alternative outcomes. Uh, not, not only giving uh, new solutions, but also changing uh, the agency of many people that have not had opportunities before. And I believe, and, and, and there are people working on this transformative innovation, is that Today, innovation, the frame of innovation has to be inclu inclusive and has to be sustainable, that we cannot continue having a, an innovation that's only looking for uh, products that you will send to the market and not consider the importance of taking care of our natural resources, also, even in, in, uh, we have to take care of the way we are changing our relation with space, okay? With, with, with the space that surrounds the universe in some way, but the space that surrounds this earth. So I think there are, we have lots of challenges, but a challenge means an opportunity. So as a follow-up question, um, and let me say, I'll come back to the, 
to the transformative innovation in just a second, because I do think that relates nicely with the theme from from GBAS, uh, which was making conscious futures. But just to step back again, you know, I understand the context that anthropology developed within Mexico. You know, you mentioned the sort of Marxist tradition, and and in some sense, that's not all that different than few generations of anthropologists here in the states. Um, and I think you know, in both countries. Business anthropology is often looked down upon by traditional academic anthropology. So could you just maybe elaborate a little bit more on how you frame business anthropology in the Mexico context, because it is framed differently in different areas of the world, and tell us a little bit about how you were able to bring that into you know, a university within, within Mexico? Well, that's very important, Matt, because uh, anthropology, as you, you could have a touch of what Mexico is all about, and you see, anthropology is very important. No, all, all the all, all the all the richness of our high pre-Hispanic cultures is very important for us. And anthropology has been when it started, um, it had first of all a lot of influence. Of uh, of the American anthropological perspective, because Franz Boas was the chair of the first institute of anthropology in Mexico. So imagine uh, the the importance of the cultural approach to to Mexico. But that moment, multiple ethnic groups that still live in Mexico were looked as something archaic something that had to be eradicated in order to enter to to the modern world. So they didn't look at the richness of uh, the roots of of that culture. And we also wanted to close the the period where we were a Spanish colony from the 16th century to the 19th century. So the the ones that worked for the independence were the family of those Spanish that came to Mexico as conquerors. So what they believed that Mexico should be in, in the moment of independence was to be a modern Western type society. So they thought that they needed people to in some way register what the Indian cultures were only to be um, resources for museums, but not something that, that will be the machinery of change. So anthropology was always supporting the political orientation of what Mexico should be in these modern times. When uh, the 60s arrived and uh, Marxism was very strong, then it appeared a critical anthropology. So we we were critical of uh, what the state was doing, was valuing of of the pre-Hispanic culture. And we have been much more oriented, very oriented to ethnicity, to Indian groups, to their rituals, to their behavior. And today, the most important uh, issues that anthropology looks at is uh, violence, migration, uh, gender, 
And of course, business anthropology has always been something peripheral. So the people that we are very few that are interested in these topics, we are mostly linked to international networks of academics. And we uh, always go to the Mexican congresses, but we are not looking as um, very positively. People, they think, most of these anthropologists, that we are like representatives of something that is from the 70s, imperialism. I mean, that has changed completely in some way. And of course, we haven't worked on that. I mean, we are very committed to to inclusion and very committed to, to make things differently and analyze and see the possibilities of uh, that Mexicans can expose their, their creativity to make changes, to have a, a different... Uh, possibility uh, in, in, in the changes that the world needs. So yes, it has been very difficult, but we are not giving up. And I think that the summit was very important because um, we could get in contact with many people that are practitioners, that have their own small companies that are trying to help industry and organizations and big business to uh, understand the Mexican context in some way and, and, and make the best here in Mexico. And so then coming back to the conference, a few times now you've mentioned you know, sustainability, inclusiveness, and of course, tying it back to this concept of you know, transformative innovation. Tell us a little bit about what you were trying to do with the fourth Global Business Anthropology Summit and the theme of making conscious futures. Well, the most important thing is that all the organizing committee were Latin American people so that we could identify a common agenda that will not, I mean, that is contextual. Let's say maybe Latin America, but I can I cannot say that Latin America is the same any place, but that we wanted to have a more let's say legitimate position in anthropology in Mexico. So that's how how we came up with the future, and that future we were in confinement. We were with the problems of pandemia. So there, there was the moment to speak differently, to think differently and say, yes, the future, the future has to be conscious of the changes we need. And we need to act in the present, but have a very important vision of what we need to do now for a better future. And that was what inspired us. Um, many things happen. Uh, I, I'm really very happy. I'm still assimilating so many ideas, so many possibilities. So yes, it was very, very important, this summit. We, we are in the moment to organize our ideas and uh, publish something. Uh, although we, we also want to publish what some uh, visual scribes did during the summit. 
that makes also have a sense in the moment that was happening, uh, what was going on in the different workshops. So we, when when we organized this, we we took a good time, the organizing committee, to think of three themes, three axes that will be the inspiration of the invitation for the summit. Uh, the first one was awareness, awareness because. If we want as anthropologists to look for the future, we have to have a vision of that future and we have to anticipate and direct our present actions inspired in that vision of what the future should be. So uh, awareness was very important because I, I have to talk for the Mexican context that that's the one I know more. Uh, history is very, very important for the anthropologists in Mexico. History, the, the, the uh, understanding what we are today, uh, looking of how that was constructed in some time in the, in the history of the, of the country was very important. But we are lacking a more strategic thing that is the future. The future inspires the present. So that's why it was very important to look at the future. And that's one of the main, main issues that inspires business anthropology and innovation today. What we really want for the future and how can having that awareness can anticipate what we have to do in the present. The second one was also very important. Connections. We are not alone. We are part of a global agenda. In fact, the university is in the, in the global uh, part of the city. You can have a touch of what Mexico is all about when you talk of global, global things in Ibero. But also something important, we live in a pluriverse, okay? So we have to make connections. In, in, in different levels, in different dimensions. Uh, we have to make connections with people that have different capacities, that uh, with gender issues today are so diverse, okay? And, and, and they have to be included. We have much, much to learn from different cultures. Uh, in fact, we are not isolated cultures. No, through time we 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 enrich what we are, we adopt from different cultures, but that is the pluriverse of uh, of our life. So it was very important to see how we could connect with other groups, but also with different communities, and we really have to learn a lot. For example, from communities that have an equilibrium in their ecosystem. That was uh, very important for us to have in the last day of the summit, um, uh, an immersion to a um, table, in some way, ecosystem where pre-Hispanic practices for agriculture are still being applied in Xochimilco, that is in the south part of Mexico City. And uh, that was like uh, learning how important today is to engage in this 
pluriverse that includes plants, includes animals, and includes us as part of, of this life. The, the last one, of course, we were inspired on uncertainty. We didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, we were all in, in our homes and uh, really confronting why we were in the situation as a world where we were. So, but we, we also wanted to think positively. And I think that, that, that COVID has to be a very profound event that we need to understand what possibilities we have now for a change and open new paths. I think that, that of course, as um, you mentioned in your conference, when you were here in the summit, technology has accelerated. Digitalization and all that comes with that has really changed our way of living, our way of communicating, uh, our way of being in, in this world. And we have to, to make the most of that. I think many important developments on many socio-technical systems, uh, medicine, mobility, have really changed positively, I believe. And of course, we, we can anticipate things. If we learn the lesson that COVID wants us to learn. So, yes, the summit uh, showed us that there are many new directions, many possibilities, and really I'm very positive of, um, of uh, inspiring new generations to be part of uh, the people that really want to change that economic part, the, the machinery that moves economy. Big, small organizations, private, public, collective, everybody, and of course, all consumers also have to, to change their habits because we want to have a better future. We don't want to continue uh, with all this uncertainty of uh, tornadoes and hurricanes and earthquakes and everything that we are now experiencing because we didn't uh, take care of environment. So we are the ones that have to, to try to think of different paths. So yes, much to learn about the summit. So I know you're still assimilating you know, everything that you've learned from the conference, but would you maybe tell me you know, what you've learned and taken away from hosting it and you know, not so much about the subject matter, but more so about the process of hosting it and what, you know, what you might therefore share with the next group of hosts. One of the most important things that we wanted to do, and I think it started to accomplish, was inspire future generations. So as we know, uh, academic posts for anthropologists are declining. And there is a huge amount of opportunities outside academics where we can really give a lot. But what I learned is that it's very important to embrace transdisciplinarity, to be in some way humble, because when we used to, to react negatively with other disciplines, and say that they don't understand complexity. And of course, we have to work and go together with different disciplines 
and really be a partner of uh, different knowledges. So I really understood that that was very important. It was also very important to have a good dialogue with people that are not in academics, but are practitioners. Also, I understood that we can do many things on many sectors, let's say from businesses, global businesses, and agricultural businesses, and uh, people that are looking for healthy solutions, health solutions. So I think that I I saw many opportunities. That's why I really learned. And um, that for future generations, and, and that inspired me being in the summit, is that as anthropologists, we have to have a clear purpose of how and where and when to contribute for a better world. So for me, those were uh, important learnings I have, and that really inspired me to continue with with these projects and uh, have collaboration with many people. And I'm very happy that many people got in contact with me uh, in order to, to continue collaboration. And uh, that's something that anybody has to be very, very proud. And I'm really very proud, not for myself only. I have really a very, very, very strong support of their organizing committee and also of the steering committee. I mean, we, we are part of a global community of practice. And hopefully uh, it will be Asia, the next summit. We'll have some news on uh, after summer about that. Well, I can certainly say that the conference was very inspiring and everybody I talked to had a tremendous time. They felt that they learned a lot and that they truly had a unique experience. So Carmen, thank you for all that you did to put on the fourth Global Business Anthropology Summit. And really thanks to the entire GBAS team, both the local organizing team and the global board. And so could you maybe just let us know where everybody could find you if they wanted to get in touch? You can contact me at Ibero. My my address is Carmen dot bueno at ibero dot mx. I will be delighted to talk with anybody that wants to talk with me. Thank you for listening to the Anthropology and Business Podcast. To learn everything you need to break into business anthropology and why business anthropology is one of the best lenses for contributing to business success, visit my website at madarts.me where I cover many topics related to business anthropology and beyond. There you will find all the podcast episodes, blogs, and news. Please like, share, and subscribe. See you next time.